Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Movies for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, guy who talks a lot, guy with a lot of notes, Trent Johnson. And as always, I'm joined by Anna Bryant and James Kreis. How are you all doing? Well, just doing dandy. I heard some hesitation there. (laughs) I'm just getting over some jet lag. That's never good. James? Where are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I went to a wedding this weekend. My friend got married. Lame. It was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Other stuff happened this weekend, like the solo trailer drop, but I don't really care about that. Oh, mapper. Oh, solo. Yeah, no, don't care at all. (laughs) Yeah, that... uh, I, I don't know. Like, I love Donald Glover in, in the role. I love people around it. Woody Harrelson. But just... I just can't be excited for this movie. Yeah, I don't think it's possible for me to be any less, any more or less excited. And here's the thing. I saw the trailer today. A little disappointed that Donald Glover is choosing not to do a Billy Dee Williams impersonation. Because I feel like that would have saved the movie. <laughs> If you just did a full-on <laughs> Billy D. Williams impersonation, who's with me, guys? Who? Star Lord. Come on, man. Billy D. Williams, the legendary Lando, who better be in episode nine, J.J. Abrams. That's a threat. You think, they, <laughs> you think they're going to bring him back? He's going to be like, hey, I got some member berries for you guys. I just, yeah, that's he's the perfect guy. As uh, I'm speaking of J.J. Abrams. He's the perfect director to bring back Lando. And Billy D. Williams, because Ryan Johnson was too into the whole baby baby Jedi sort of thing to focus on old guard. But that's what we want. That's what the fans want, right, James? The old guard. It's right. What the fans want, the fans get. Unless your name is Ryan Johnson, you hate the OG Star Wars fans. I'm mostly just making fun of people. (laughs) (laughs) They were so upset about that movie. Really bringing in the list. Star Star Wars. (laughs) Star Wars fans just like can't. I don't know. They they can't love a movie. They can't. They they either love it, they hate it. They they always have issues with certain things. You can't make a perfect Star Wars movie. Everyone's just gonna go back to the original ones. True. And then you got people that are casual fans, like me and you. If we see the same movie over and over again, we just get pissed off. You know. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I just, I just, just show me, just show me some lightsabers. I'll be happy. True. I'm not as invested as, as, uh, into Star Wars as I am into Marvel movies. Yeah. At this point, I feel like they've sort of replaced that sense of wonder for this era of moviegoers or this group of moviegoers, millennials, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and you know. Star, Star Wars is trying to do something different. You know, a lot of people are saying that it's like, it's not the same old Star Wars. Well, like, yeah, you're not going to make the same stuff. Like, the same thing can be said about music. If you, Some people complain. They're like, this band doesn't sound like the old, like they used to. But then they complain about bands that sound the same all the way through. Nickelback. I mean. Bad band. Also, <laughs> once you get, like, once these become such huge franchises, like, they're going to want to do things that are going to bring in the most money. Like they want to make something that lots of people are going to want to see and that they can then make rides <laughs> out of and all that sort of stuff. Like, uh, yeah. Toys. I saw, oh, I saw the, that is so the big right now for the new, um, Jurassic world and a suit. Like <sighs> there were scenes in that and I was like, they are going to make a ride out of this movie. It's crazy because I really enjoyed the first Jurassic World and maybe it's because I didn't have high expectations for it at all. So maybe I'll also enjoy the new one, but the trailers look pretty bad. Am I alone in this, James? I didn't see the first Jurassic Uh, World. Just, oh really? Okay. I, I enjoyed it. It's kind of like I feel, nostalgia. I was out first of all, I was not expecting it to be to make that much money. Yeah. I would go sit, it did make seeing, money. Yeah, going to the theater like first weekend came out. I was like, "What? It's sold out." Why? Oh yeah, like, that's right. This movie. James and I went to go see this movie. We tried to. 
<laughs> and it was sold out. <laughs> we were like, why? <laughs> we were surprised. We were legitimately like flabbergasted. <laughs> like, what? Jurassic World is. But sold you know, out? I I did love Jurassic Park. Yeah, the first one. Uh, yeah, the Lost World. The first two, I liked it. The second one just came on TV all the time, so I rewatched it like a hundred times. It was on TV like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, third one. It's not that great. Uh, I usually forget about that Terrible. one. Terrible. Yeah, and, I mean, I think this one was just coming off the high of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, because Chris, Chris Pratt. He really capitalizing on his star yeah, power. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I've only watched it one time. I don't know if I would let, still enjoy it as much as I did the first time. Yeah. I don't know. But I love dinosaurs. Kind of like the same thing with <laughs> lightsabers. I love them. Just put them in the movie. <laughs> Uh, Not to get crazy off topic here, <laughs> I do want to say the reason this stuff is on my mind is because the Last Jedi Blu-ray just came out, and I've seen a lot of I rewatched Last Jedi, and it still sucks. I've seen a lot of that on YouTube, so I just wanted to bring it up for some reason because I want to blindside these two beautiful people that I'm podcasting with today. Well, it's like, well, good for you, yeah. like people that are just like it still sucks. I'm like, well, stop watching yeah, it. Yeah, right. If you don't, don't like it, stop talking about it. Anyways. <laughs> I'm a hate watch it with a DVD commentary. We have a robust menu for breakfast today. As always, James is going to take us through the news a little bit. Not as much as last time, <laughs> but yeah. a little bit of news. And then we're going to deep dive into A Quiet Place by John Krasinski and Blockers. You almost forgot about that movie, huh? I didn't forget. <laughs> I forgot because it was. I forgot. It was actually. It was actually pretty good, even though Anna hated it. Probably, I don't know. We're gonna find out. <laughs> anyway, James, hit us with some news. All right. So, 3D box office hits lowest levels in eight years. Uh, a lot of people are going to see 3D movies less and less. Yep. What are your opinions on 3D? They suck. Is is it a gimmick or is it like the future? It's definitely not the future. <laughs> People thought about it, yeah. Because the future I mean, it, 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 is VR, as we saw on Ready Player One. <laughs> so when I was like a little kid, we would go down to like, I don't know if y'all know Moody Gardens down in Galveston, but they would have like 3D movies yeah. there. And it's like something I really associated with being like a little kid. And the movies would be like very like in your face. And then 3D movies made this resurgence. And while there are some, like, like some Pixar movies are really cool to see in 3D, but, like, generally, it's not that exciting. And it doesn't even seem that new because it's something that's been around for a really long time. Yeah, and uh, I feel like a lot of studios are trying to cash in on the 3D explosion when it was, like, I think it was in 2010. Uh, Avatar. So, yeah, that, bring, that brings me to that the point. The reason Avatar is number one at all-time box office is because 3D costs a lot more. Oh, so they're getting yeah. the 3D money. And other studios are trying to cash in on that money by, like, say they're like, oh, 25% of this movie has 3D in it, so let's up the price on the ticket. Yeah, but wasn't that the special part about Avatar was the fact that you kind of needed to see it in 3D to truly see what James Cameron had done? Yeah, that that's the reason why people went and saw it, and then so that's why there was a huge explosion on that trend going forward. You know, I had I remember people like Martin Scorsese talking about 3D is going to be the future. Did they ever? I don't know. Remake, For me, did they like re-release Titanic in 3D? So er, that that just seems like an April Fool's joke to me. <laughs> well, I was wondering if any of Titanic sales are from 3D, like, in any of the re-releases. Oh, interesting. Because, like, we talk about things like Black Panther replacing it, but, like, some of Black Panther's in 3D, right? Like I don't know. Like, can't you see Black Panther in 3D? I don't think Probably so. Probably IMAX. Maybe I you know. can. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think it was shot in 3D, as, like, Avatar was, because that was, that was specifically shot for the 3D experience I, and that was yeah really and then there's there's some movies that they go back and do it an yes like nightmare before christmas they came out with that in 3d in 2006 mm. you know they, they had a couple movies there for 3d gravity 
I remember when that came yeah, out, 2013. I, I think that's the last time I saw a 3D movie was Gravity. And I think if I remember correctly, James, and you were there with me with some other friends of ours, we saw it in 3D on accident. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Okay. I feel like it was because everything else was sold out. It looks yeah. like, you, it looks like Black Panther did come out in 3D. Interesting. I did not know that, and I would not see it in 3D. But, okay, fair enough. I can't even really think of yeah. a scene where that would be cool in 3D. Oh, Ready Player One, 3D, right? Yeah. Now that now that one makes sense. I feel like that would be kind of interesting to see. That would in be that interesting space. to see in VR. Truly, <laughs> to be a part of that movie would be exquisite. <laughs> go back to what james has said i think a lot of the 3d releases are money grabs um they're not specific they're not movies specifically made with that in mind such as avatar was so you have this problem where it's so obviously blatant they're just throwing these special effects in there to get you to spend five extra dollars when really all the glasses do is give you a crazy headache hey that's why i don't like 3d movies because every time i go see one I'm like devastatingly in pain, or I'm in devastating pain. Whatever. <laughs> um, so no, it's not the future. I would see Avatar two in 3D because that movie's supposed to be seen that way. Like I'm okay with our tours doing things on purpose like that, but I'm not gonna spend five extra bucks on a movie that isn't really it. It's not needed. It's not necessary to see Black Panther 3D. It's not necessary to see Ready Player One 3D. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool, but not really the... It's not like that... It wasn't their vision when they made the movie. <laughs> like, you, th- you think uh, James Cameron's going to bring it back? I think Avatar 2 will be in 3D, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, I, and I'll pay the five extra dollars to see it that way. Because we can't use movie Because he's pass. doing it on purpose. Uh, I don't uh, like uh, studios. I never really cared for Avatar. I think it's okay. I, I, I didn't even see it in 3D. I saw it at like a drive-in. Movie. Yo, I saw it. First time I saw Avatar, real talk, I saw it on FX. So uh, I'm with you, dog. I saw it with my dad I'm with you. in 3D. <laughs> it's worth it, right? Like, everything I heard about it was that it was like an immersive experience. It was cool. And it was, it was worth cool. the $5. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, my dad bought the ticket, so like it was worth the $5 Hey, hey. <laughs> I was talking to James about this earlier, though. I, for instance... We're, we're talking about what a movie is shot in and, and how does that play into your decision to spend the extra money to see 3D. I was talking to James. Infinity War is being shot in IMAX, and that makes me kind of want to see it in IMAX because it might be worth it. I saw um, one of the Star Trek movies at the Omni IMAX in Fort Worth that's shaped like a dome. And, uh... and it was awesome, I bet. Well, so the problem was that when they would, Uh-oh. when <laughs> subtitles would come up, you would have to like physically uh-huh. turn your entire head to try <laughs> to read the subtitles. <laughs> so it was kind of weird. Yeah, I wonder, I haven't looked it up yet. Maybe I should call them. The Air and Space Museum has an amazing IMAX uh... screen. And I don't think they're going to play Infinity War there, but they <laughs> might. I should check. Because their screen is huge. I mean, it is stupid how big it is. So I'd love to see Thanos kick ass on that screen. <laughs> uh, Alright, James, what else you got? Uh next thing is Zoe Saldano. Speaking. Since Zoe Zaldana? Saldana. Saldana? I'm so bad with that. Saldano? Name. She's like Saldano. Like, she's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saldano. Saldano's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you could totally see in a commercial. Alright, alright. So Zoe. Yeah, let's just go with Gamora. How about that? <laughs> because that's what, this, that's what this is pertaining to. Go ahead. So she sends a message to Hollywood elitist. Elitist out there. Marvel Cinematic Universe actors are not selling out. Anna. You know? As a person who is not super invested in the MCU and its movies, what are your thoughts on this? Do you did you ever at any point in your movie going? I was gonna say career, but I guess it's more like movie going hobby. Think, wow, Benedict Cumberbatch and Doctor Strange, what a sellout! <laughs> like, I mean, if anybody made me think that about him, it was, uh, it was Cumberbatch. 
Nah, <laughs> come on. Doctor Strange is fine. Whoa. But I also Great. like it's fine. I don't I don't really know any I never know any of the backstories or anything. I just saw it and I was like, why is he doing a Marvel movie? But yeah. probably to make money. Definitely to make <laughs> money. <laughs> Uh, or maybe he's a comic book fan. I, I definitely think it's stupid for people on the outside to to point the finger at Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. I mean, there's countless great actors. Chadwick Boseman's a great actor. Michael B. Jordan. All these people that are in these comic book movies now. I, I don't think the stigma is quite the same. I'm actually yeah. surprised she came out and said this at all because I feel like the tide has sort of shifted on that. Um. But something provoked her. Uh Yeah, you know, she said, like, she's been in rooms where people look down on people that are in Marvel films. Crazy. These money-making machines. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) She's like, I feel disappointed because, like, whenever you see pictures of people in the industry who donate their time to children in need and these actors that live in the world... And you feel like they're selling out, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, while it surprised me that, like, some of them were in Marvel movies, it never made me think less of them. Right. It's a weird stigma to put on someone. And and some of the people just, like, embody the the role, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we were talking the other day, Robert Downey Jr., he is in a fantastic iron man i will say in his case though it was more about finding anything to jumpstart his career back because he was in a pretty he was like um, i don't want to say ostracized but he was kind of on the outside looking in when it came to hollywood and making big movies and that sort of sparked his comeback and allowed him to do sherlock holmes and all these other films but definitely i I think i I can't imagine anyone else playing tony stark like i just can't I don't know. I feel like a lot of actors would love to be a uh, superhero. Like, wouldn't you if you're an actor? Yes. You're like, hey, yeah, sure. Yes, I want to be one right now, and I'm not an actor, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it, it, and some actors get the luxury of just being voice actors. I'm talking about Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel. Uh, Ben Diesel that just says, I am cool. Yeah, a bunch of different tonal inflections. What a paycheck for that guy. Oh, Oof. man. He, well, wasn't there a rumor he was supposed to play another character, like actually like play another character with his body, but it just did, I guess it didn't work? Uh, the A superhero that doesn't talk. Yeah, Black Bolt, <laughs> but they have already casted Black Bolt because the Inhumans yeah. was awful. Anyway, I haven't seen it, but everybody says it's bad, so I just believe them. Here's another thing, too. This goes back to the timing of her statements. I feel like as the MCU has gotten older over the past decade and sort of built up accolades and gained this crazy, passionate following, the actors they bring in now are already established. They're not really, like, making stars. They're just taking stars from other movies and, like, throwing them in there. Like, Benedict Cumberbatch was already a star. (laughs) was already... an Oscar nominated actor. Um, Brie Larson just won an Academy Award for yeah. Best Actress. She's going to be Captain Marvel next year. Uh, Chadwick Boseman has been nominated. I, I mean, how many, how many examples of stellar acting do the Hollywood elite or elitists need to see before they, you know, take this sort of, I don't know, this negative energy away from these kinds of movies it doesn't make any sense to be hating on someone that's already already established in their career right well and this year we saw logan get nominated for a screenplay oscar yeah well that's only a matter of time before the academy starts nominating these movies especially if they become so pop as they become entrenched in our culture like these aren't going anywhere um no and then and then like high high level like you said high level actors are going after these roles exactly like, like they're like say edward norton 
he was the Hulk. He didn't stay the Hulk, of course, <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> well, money, he right? Just it was didn't... money, right? <laughs> he wanted to write a script and anything. He wanted more control of some money. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Mark Ruffalo, also an accomplished actor. Like, Mark Ruffalo takes over the mantle. He's accomplished, too. He, he, did, a lot, he did a lot of stuff, yeah. too. He used to do romantic comedies, and he did some serious stuff, and now he's this. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a movie of a movie star that they sort of did develop under the Marvel banner. I mean, Chris, if anything, it was more uh, directors that they developed. Exactly, they took these yeah. like obscure, like no name directors. Yeah, and, like, even like Jeremy Renner had been nominated for an Oscar before he started doing Marvel. Samuel Jackson, man, Samuel Jackson, the guy that's in every movie. Yeah, well, he. <laughs> kickstarted the sort of greater universe right like the sort of expanding universe i guess hemsworth i don't think chris hemsworth was a big star yet and now he's a big star uh, i feel like he was like kind of floating going up almost about to be there and then going down <laughs> Do you know, i don't know of anything he was in before thor oh no i, I used to watch a lot of chris hemsworth yeah you know <laughs> remember what? he was in scott pilgrim oh he was he in was cellular in that. that's chris evans man i'm talking about chris oh. hemsworth oh no 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 sorry i thought you were saying chris Hen- M- Hemsworth. i did Gosh, say chris, chris hemsworth. Is... you mean chris evans you're saying chris, ah! chris <laughs> i don't i'm saying thor I... I don't know if he was in anything before i thor. don't think i've actually seen him in in anything ghostbusters he was in I didn't Ghostbusters. The Huntsman. He was in. He, no, no, okay. He Cabin in... in the Woods. I was. That's his brother. That's not him. What? That's his brother. <laughs> Are you sure about yeah, that? Yeah, that's his brother. That's not him. I don't. That's the younger brother. I don't know if that's I've Liam seen him Hemsworth. in anything. No. no. Yes, yeah, it's Liam Hemsworth. Oh, you're right. It is Chris Hemsworth in my face. Okay. Don't dumb me. Well, then I've seen him in Cabin in the Woods and just don't remember. Ghostbusters. He was in that Ron Howard movie about hacking. I didn't see it, but it was a no. Yeah, if anything, Thor movie is is like the fun. That's what that's what put him on, right? Yeah, that's where he's. Sort of I guess I saw him in Star Trek because it says I don't know. it says who was who was he? In Star it says Trek? on the internet that he was in a couple Star Trek. I know. I see. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I know Idris Elba is in a Star Trek and is also in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But all right, so lastly, I have a little news for you guys. This deals with our friend. Alex Garland, not actually our friend, just a fan. We're fans of his work. And we enjoyed Annihilation. If you haven't heard our thoughts, please check it out on our podcast page on iTunes. Um, He talked about how people were a little upset about a few things dealing with Annihilation. One being that the adaptation was not true to the book. And the other was that people wanted a structured, neat and tidy ending. And I'll read a quote here, and this is this is an indie wire. He said, "All narratives presented to audiences are doing a 50/50 deal. Half of the narrative, in a way, is provided by an audience member and their subjective agenda and how they feel about the world. It is important to give audiences credit." So, do you guys think his criticisms of his criticism of criticism for this movie is warranted? I think it is. I I I could totally see. A, I thought it was interesting his take on adaptations, and we talked about this in our review about how he read the book one time, didn't go back and reread it, didn't was really only fixated on one part of the story, which is the self-destructive nature of humans. And and then what do you guys think about his response to others being upset about the ending? I mean, I think it sounds like people who are upset didn't see... Uh ex machina because that didn't like that wasn't a wrapped up ending can't uh appease everyone and he's just like defending his baby well and i like that alex garland uh i like that his movies are such visual explorations of these ideas that he decides to hone in on yeah so like i said back to the adaptation part i think the word adaptation has a little leeway in it anyway. So some people do strict adaptations where it's page for page, a remake, thinking, for instance, like one that comes to my mind is like Harry Potter. Those movies are pretty almost exact, right? Almost exact what happens in the book. 
happens in the movie, and a lot of that's because what's her name is a part of the writing staff when it comes to writing the scripts. Um, you want to know what like movie that holes. wasn't very exact? Huh? A Wrinkle in Time. Right. I'm rereading that book right now, and man, they sure did change some stuff. See? An adaptation. So, <laughs> the word adaptation... <laughs> the word adaptation gives you a little leeway. Okay, so... So that uh, criticism, I feel like, offhand, like, I just get rid of it. Like, I don't care about that. This is the way he looks at the story. This is his way. This is his interpretation of what he thought was important when he read the book. And yes, he only read it one time. He didn't reread it. Get over it, losers. <laughs> secondly. Oh, 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 oh. Tom's losers. I'm tired. Actually, secondly, it's interesting that he brings this up because I think he does a little hand-holding in the movie. There is a little bit of dialogue that is on the nose, more in the middle of the movie. But yeah, the, he does. But the ending, the ending is the best part because it is subjective. Yeah. Because it makes you think about how you interpret what he's putting out there. So if people are critical of the ending, they just shouldn't watch the movie. Like, just don't watch it. And then don't, don't just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up. How, how are they going to... How do they Shut know up. if they like the movie's ending without watching it? No, you gotta watch it, and then if yeah. you, then wa- you make it to the ending, me. you don't like it, <laughs> and then just be quiet. Just say I don't. You could say I don't like it, but if you say I don't like it because the ending doesn't tell me how it ends, or because I need a little bit more <laughs> handholding, I need to be tucked in at you know into bed at night. I, I I have no sympathy for you, and I'm glad that Alex Garland said I have to give my audiences some credit, and it's like the people that are making. This criticism don't want the credit he's giving you. Yeah. See, all right. So Alex, just keep doing what you're doing. People <laughs> love your movies. Here's the thing. Again, when Spielberg made movies, people complained that his stuff was too neatly wrapped. Like people can't be happy either way. It's like it's either too ambiguous or it's, it's too much like in a nice little package for you. That's right. Anything else? Any other news? Anything on your mind? Uh, that's it. I mean, we can go straight into the movie reviews. All right, let's do it. And now our feature presentation. All right. First movie we have up is Blockers, directed by Kay Cannon and her dictator. She's a dictator. Uh, Oh, my God. uh, (laughs) Directorial. Directorial Directorial debut. debut. That's right. Writers Brian Colt and Jim Cohey, starring Leslie Mann, John Cena, uh, Raymond Young. So this uh, movie takes actors. place. Yeah, that's not all the actors, but those are the Teenage ones that get top billing. Yeah. <laughs> three parents try to stop their three daughters from having sex on prom night. It's as simple as that. So, uh, Anna, you go first. Okay, <laughs> um, just hold on. Anna did not want to see this I movie. I really didn't want to no. see this movie. We had to beg her. <laughs> she probably wants and then to she goes, I got nothing else to do. I'm gonna be, I'll go I'm gonna see be real it. with the listeners. The only reason I saw this movie is because I got laid off this weekend and had time to go see it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, it's getting dark it's in dark. here, okay? It's Otherwise I was like, turn. No, I got stuff to do, but I was like, Well, I don't have anything better to do today. Might as well go see Blockers. Hong Kong. I'm sorry. <laughs> Car horn, yeah. Um, no, that's that's. So okay, that being said, you didn't have anything better to do because you got laid off, and you saw Puckers. What were your thoughts? You said okay before the movie. You said this is going to be a waste of time. Yeah. Wow. No, like you're wasting two hours of your life. Not of my time, but of was it time. a waste of two hours of your life? I mean, if I'd had things to do, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Damn. No respect. Still stands by. Like uh, James. Real quick, can you pull up the Rotten Tomato score for Bucky? Hundred percent. No, it's not a hundred. It's like eighty, though, right? It's like pretty good. Yeah, but that's like Rotten Tomatoes. Like anybody could leave a review on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like Yelp. No, the critic meter. I'm talking about the real one. It's not <laughs> anyone. One. You're thinking of uh, something else. There's there's two different columns. Oh. So what's the critic one? Yeah, James. It's 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 at eighty two percent. Eighty two percent, and you call this a waste of time. Eighty three. Eighty. It just went up a percent. Live breaking news, folks. <laughs> it went from eighty two to eighty three. You heard it here. Holy okay, first. okay, yeah. But the audience score is fifty six percent. 
liked it. It's just wow, interesting. So critics like it more than people like Anna. <laughs> it's just not the kind of movie I think is funny. And like watching the trailer, I the, I didn't think anything in the trailer was funny, and the movie didn't have much to add past that for me. Like it. Mm. I'm sure there are people that, like, this is the sort of comedy they enjoy. And, like, that's fine. Like, this movie's for them. They probably really like it. I don't. <laughs> so, this movie has got layers to it, though. Okay, It's like an onion. <laughs> it's got those layers. No, I, I, I'm not making a joke. I, re- I, I really do think that there is more to this movie than, than the trailers depict. And, and what you would expect out of a movie produced by Seth Rogen and all these other names that you've seen and you're familiar with, like Leslie Mann. And, uh, there are, like, some really touching moments and some very, like, modern parent moments, I guess, in this movie that you don't see in on the big screen that often. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but I feel like there is some, like... There is something to be had here. I, under- I understand what you're saying. And I can picture some of the moments in the movie you're talking about, but I don't think it follows through with any of it. And I think it just takes a second to be like, I think it just sort of like brings up an idea and it's like, haha, JK, we're just going to keep making these jokes. Like it. Yeah. There are a lot of like, <laughs> there are a lot of like sex jokes and yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Is, is it just me? Or James, you like this it, right? movie a lot. Did I like it a lot? No, I didn't like it a lot. Oh. I thought it was enjoyable. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what did you I, I, it felt, I felt like that it was like someone wrote down like a checklist of things, modern modern things that movies should have, you know? Oh, so maybe they did Oh, so you're criticizing that. Yeah. Oh, like that. so I say it's good. You criticize it. Okay, this is how we do this. All right, go ahead. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Let me write down my retort. Well, like some sometimes, like it said that like it's trying to s- say something, and it could have been just like subtly made, but I feel like they had to like explain it three times by spelling it out for you, like you know. I guess maybe I just like dumb movies more than you guys. <laughs> I don't even know if I liked it. It's just that I thought it was fine. I thought it was better than I expected. I, okay, so I think it was no. Better I didn't than hate I it. It's just like because I thought what Anna said that the trailer would be like the funniest parts and i don't think that that was true i do think that there was similar things to the hijinks portrayed in the trailer but i thought there was enough there to make it worth a movie singing i would have rather saw it on netflix though i I agree i don't know if this is a movie you need to go to the theater i wouldn't i wouldn't watch it on netflix Cause like so we we well, we saw a com now you wouldn't we saw well now yeah you no wouldn't. I never would have <laughs> oh okay that's why uh, I, mean. I thought I thought that's what you were saying I thought you were saying oh well you know if I'm bored on like a no Tuesday night I probably never would have watched this movie if we weren't doing throw it for the, the podcast. popcorn in Whereas, the microwave like, we nothing we recently did a comedy we did game night and I thought that was really funny I thought it was w- okay, much more nuanced. I know it was well and it was really well thought out. To be fair, way more talent in Game Night than Blockers. I mean, like, I love John Cena. But he is not Jason Bateman. Not yet, anyway. Although I do think John Cena is on his way to... He's on to something. He's on to something. Yeah, he's getting there. He's getting there. He's getting there. I like his his comedic timing. I don't want to say this is like a coming out, like, announcement movie for him. I do think he steals a lot of the, like the scenes. I agree with that. And I do like him playing like an uptight guy. It's kind of it was it was fun to see. I think he could have been funny if he'd been cast in Game Night. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think oh, John Cena's funny with everything, but he's saying like everything else around it is just like blah. yeah. I think in the no, future John like Cena could be in a movie and it could make me laugh. I think the <laughs> I think the funniest movie John Cena has been in is The Marine, and that's funny for reasons that aren't funny. No, I so, seen it. oh, <laughs> I was like, what? That was that's, a that's funny because it's bad. <laughs> but I I do like his trajectory, and in, in film Thanks. so far because he is 
he is going like the like I feel like the Rock started with like action movies, like the Rundown, and there was like um, I don't know. He did he did stuff like the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, but that was after you know? he was yeah. already famous. Which I saw one time. <laughs> I mean, he did the Rundown. He did uh, that movie where he like runs for sheriff. I can't remember what the hell it's called. Um, he did. Well, he also some other movies. He also did a lot like as he transitioned out of like not out of action movies, but as he transitioned into more than just action movies the rock did a lot of family friendly movies yeah this is not a family friendly movie no 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 i'm not (laughs) no i'm i'm commending john cena for doing something a little different yeah okay uh because he was in god what's that movie the amy she movie which i hate oh train wreck train wreck which it was an absolute train wreck a terrible movie that people some liked people love that movie for some reason, and yeah, well, we can argue with those people another time because that movie sucks. Uh, the best part, the two best parts of that movie are LeBron playing LeBron, playing a fictionalized version of himself, which is funny. I always enjoy that though when people play fictionalized versions of themselves, and then John Cena playing her boyfriend or I guess first boyfriend in the movie. Spoiler alert: she dates Bill Hader. Sorry, I don't care. It's a bad movie. I just think his comedic timing is coming along, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, enough about John Cena. Is there anything else? Yeah, this is the John Cena podcast right Shout out to John Cena. He's in WrestleMania <laughs> last night also. Guy's busy. Okay, okay. <laughs> Cut it. Cut it. Stop. No, he was. Okay, one, one thing one thing <laughs> that I thought about watching this movie was like, did John Cena and Leslie Mann's characters, like, they? it felt like they had a thing No, for they had other. a falling out. What? No, they didn't have a thing for each other. I thought it was, you know, it's funny. I thought Leslie Mann's character and the sad guy, God, I can't remember his name. I don't remember their name. <laughs> I can't remember any of their names. Sad guy number no, one. No, the other, the, the third wheel, right? Like, the guy that doesn't want to go, but then he goes anyway, that kind of guy. Like, there's always, like, a, a party pooper. He sort of starts as the party pooper. Or is um, he the party starter? Hunter. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I thought him and Leslie Mann's character had something, had maybe some f- uh, future. Because they're, they're, I feel like the movie sort of unravels how much they have in common as the movie goes on. But they didn't, they didn't really, they didn't capitalize on that. They kind of threw it out there, but then they're like, ah, maybe people aren't into it. Let's reel it back in. I don't know. Is there anything else? Yeah, is there anything but... else we liked about this movie? Okay, here we talk about a like, lot no. about the parents. What what did we think about the kids? Good. The three Thank you, James. Women, young ladies. three women. Anna, Anna, you're a woman. <laughs> oh gosh, that I Any... am. <laughs> no, I mean, like, is there? Is was did that? Did it do anything for you? Did it pull any emotional strings? No. Wow. No. <laughs> Not that one. No crazy prom. I felt like no crazy like prom night if... story for you. Do you relived? I mean, like. It didn't pull out any strings. I mean, if anything, it made me think more of like, like old '80s movies about prom night and high school parties. But it didn't make me think like back in my day. Did it, did it, did it, it feel more like ago. a cliche <laughs> than like a nuanced look at like movies like Lady Bird? Okay, not even fair. Do not, <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> What are you doing that for? That's not I know, right. I argue it. That's not right. That's not right. I'll tell you what I did like about the the three of them. You're talking about the, their the... friend. Their friendship seems so believable. Like really? I was just like, yeah, they seem like friends. Oh no, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anna, please, your your response. I thought their friendship seemed like not. I thought it seemed not believable because, like, the girls didn't seem to have anything that tied them together you know like Mm. they had like well they grew up together well yeah but you can grow up with people and the thing is like say like you have the one girl who starts playing sports you have the girl that they sort of portrayed as maybe like the more quirky girl like you end up maybe like you just alternative sort of you become close with the people that you like do extracurricular activities with in high school so like it wouldn't be like weird if, like, they had a group of friends to go to prom with that, like, they did stuff with. Instead, you have these three girls who became friends, like, their first day of kindergarten, whose parents seemed to not like each other going into the movie. But, like, for some, like, and it, it, I mean, I guess that it's nice that they stayed friends for so long. Like, I have some friends that I guess, like, but, like, it's, I, believable is not the word I would use. So, 
interesting point. So you're 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 saying that rather than have a friendship that is sort of built on like actual bonds and like, <laughs> and like shared interests, like that that the writers of this movie were like, we need three girls that check off different stereotype high school boxes, <laughs> and then they're gonna be best friends. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> it, it seems like they're trying to just like check out all this stuff, just trying to see like who yeah. they can relate to. They're like, I know, like, this is the kind of movie one. you pick apart, though. This is the kind of movie you pick apart with a with a needlepoint pen. Then I, why I feel, did we I feel do bad. it? Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad dissecting this movie. This is, I, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, but a if kid you in biology, you're bi- uh, like dissecting the frog. You feel uncomfortable. Like, what, like, I don't what else do are we supposed to say during this <laughs> segment? Like, just not talk about know. the movie. <laughs> I tried to talk about John Cena, but that wasn't allowed. Apparently, we talked about John Cena a lot. No, okay. Fair enough. I know. I was mostly joking. Hey, you're bringing it back. No, I'm not. I'm not bringing Anyways. that up. I'm going to bring up something else that I really liked about this movie. And I don't know if, if if his agent is just, like, sniffing around for cameos, but whatever his agent does oh, regarding gosh. cameos, he needs to keep doing it because he hits it out of the park on every one. Hannibal Burris has Frank in this movie. He was, he was good. He was real good. He's so good at these, like, little bit cameos. they didn't cameos. have more of him. Because... Because he's probably they didn't he's too rich they, they cost too much money they can't have him being in the movie the whole time he's too expensive. I think he's really funny and I'm a little bit excited to see him in uh, that tag movie that he has coming out. He's funny. He's funny. He's a funny guy. That tag that tag movie that it sounded stupid <laughs> but then I watched the trailer I was like all right I'm in. If you guys don't uh, you guys obviously can't see us but James literally put sunglasses on when he said that so. He's really, he, he re- he's really into it. He's oh, cool. man. He feels really cool saying it. Uh, James, this is for you. Better cameo. Hannibal Burris in Blockers. Hannibal Burris versus Hannibal Burris in Spider-Man. Homecoming. Uh, homecoming. Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, uh, Anna didn't like it. James thought it was fine, and I thought it was a little bit better than fine because I'm Hilarious. A John I'm Cena a said it over the I'm top. I'm a sucker. What can I say? All right, so tell me your rating. Oh, uh, chicken and waffles, because there's a rooster on the front of the movie. That's easy, right? Chicken and waffles. Yay, everybody's happy. It's all so terrible for you. And it'll make you feel really, really... <laughs> Mine is a uh, cold pizza, because like, it's, oh. it's there, you're hungry, you're probably hungover. And you're just like, okay, like, <laughs> like give, me, give me grease, give me sustenance. Uh, cold Pizza used to be a sports show on ESPN2. Uh, James? Sausage link. <laughs> like the good kind or the bad kind? Like There are like multiple kinds. <laughs> like a, a, it's a, just a like, like a know. big, a big old it sausage. It does a job. He's like, just like take, the sausage links. Take a big bite of your sausage. Like sausage links you get yeah, at a diner, yeah. and you see them put them in the microwave. You don't even see them put them on the frying pan. You just like see them put them in the microwave, like right. But you're so hungry, you're just. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I don't eh. care. I know, I've had worse. I know what's going on? I know that it's microwave. You don't have to hide it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I knew what this movie was going to be going in, and what I got out of it is slightly better. I was like, ah, oh, they seasoned it. Cool. See, but I I I agree with that, and Anna is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Her expectations could not have possibly been lower, and yet still, she found a way to hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't her. know that's what to her. tell you guys. <laughs> let, let, let's, 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 let's move on to another movie. Another movie we saw this week is A Quiet Place. That we can't, okay. we can't stop talking we about. Cannot, we can't We have a lot of words we're going to say in this movie that did not have a lot of words in it because it is about a family that is forced to live in silence while hiding from creatures that hunt by sound directed by John Krasinski. Uh, Jim, Jim from the office Uh, (laughs) written by Brian Woods and Scott Beck. And it stars Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Millicent Simmons, and that that and that got their couple kids. Child actors and some monsters. Girls. Whoa! Spoiler. Okay. Hey, you forgot. It was produced by Michael Bay. Michael Why is that? Bay, producer of even... indie horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
That's a joke, um, and I'm making when I'm Trent. We don't really think it's an indie horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, this this movie had a 17 million dollar budget. It made 50 million. Not a big budget, week. Anna. Okay. Never mind. Move on. All right. Let's be petty. <laughs> Just because it has a small budget doesn't mean it's independent. <laughs> it's got the backing of Michael Bay. Yeah. All right, I hear He's you. He's got the Transformers <laughs> money. What do you think about the movie? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't scared. Never scared. Did, I'm, I'm made, signing a bunch of expletives to James right now. It made me. Uh, <laughs> it made me jump. On a, like there were some things that made me jump. Yes, yeah, so I read uh, in an article. I think in god i want to say i want to say usa today but it may have been vulture i can't quite remember uh i'm sure this has been quoted in a few places that john krasinski like wasn't a horror film fan before taking this movie and he watched a bunch of horror movies and sort of took notes on when he got scared and then he tried to incorporate those sort of i guess scenes in his own well i think the movie it's very easy to spot that he has seen a lot of horror movies and so hearing but like recently though well like in lead up that's still like not surprising like you watch this movie and they're very very obvious like parallels to other horror movies not saying not saying that's a bad thing i'm just saying like it's i mean there's like I mean, a, Get Out had a bunch of yeah. uh, homages to horror movies. Yeah. And that's Yeah, yeah. What, what what makes John different from Quentin Tarantino, huh? Okay, first off, there's a lot. <laughs> a lot makes him different, but that's not I know that wasn't a serious question, so we're gonna move on. <laughs> I know. I I I'm happy for him with the movie that he came out with. This is his third movie he's directed. What are the other two? Uh <laughs> some <laughs> Like, would you call those indie movies? I'm done. Okay, James, what, what were your overall thoughts? I guess what was your what was your like, gut reaction walking out of the theater? Walking out of the theater, I was like, I, I enjoyed myself. It was yeah, it was definitely a really quiet film. Uh, I went to those <laughs> movie theaters where uh, you can buy food. And I bought nachos and it was really loud the first like, the first <laughs> Half of this movie is super quiet. The AC was louder than the movie. Wow. And then you the first time they had theater, running yeah. water in the movie, it was the loudest thing for me. And I could finally eat my nachos. Yeah. Uh, Just imagine you like scarfing down your nachos during that one scene. Gotta get them in before the water stops. Yeah. But yeah, I had a good time. There, there's definitely a lot of flaws to it. Uh, there's certain things that you probably wouldn't do as a parent. I know this movie is a lot, of, a lot about family, you know. Yeah, a lot about family, about a lot about protecting your children from the real world, right? From the big, scary outside world, but also knowing when to let them experience that themselves, and sort of fend for themselves. It's like knowing when to let go, and when to sort of trust your parenting. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this movie wanted to talk about, yeah. wanted to do. But I think because it's a horror movie and it operates within the structure of a horror movie, characters make a lot of puzzling decisions. Yeah. That I, James questioned me on this, but I would fail to understand how a common, like a person with common sense would make some of them, like would make some of these same decisions because they just seem a little strange. So I have a couple problems with this movie. Like, it was fun to watch. It, it made me jump at moments, moments, which is like the point of a horror movie. Um, I think the trailers give, I think the trailers give too much away. And also like mm. they set up a lot of moments. So like there was less anticipation for me in the movie because of the, um, also I think doing something that's so poignant like to to really focus in on sound and be like this is the thing like this is what this whole movie hinges on means the means the audience can sit there and question everything because they're like sound and they do a good job of setting up a world where you're supposed to be suspended from what's knowing what's going on but uh I think just picking something as poignant 
as like everything hinging on sound makes it really complicated to do and easy to have lots of flaws, which it does. I don't mind the sound part from a creative perspective because I do think whenever you take away one of the senses from your audience, obviously you can't take away sight when you're talking about a movie. <laughs> it does make you focus in, I think, more on like the surroundings and the scenes. Mm-hmm. I felt myself catching a lot of stuff on camera that maybe if there was a lot of dialogue, I may not have been catching. So I kind of I kind of appreciated that. At least from that perspective. I also like the way they did this sound. Yeah. I appreciate um, some of the things that they did with it. I just think it makes it really tricky on them. And some of the plot... Oh, sure. Yeah, and some of the plot holes directly relate to them making it be so specific, since it has to be sound. Like I said, horror <laughs> movies oftentimes throw common sense out the window in order to drive plot along and make you feel scared. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen a horror movie where like, don't do that. Don't go in there. What are you doing? Don't run back into the woods. Don't go in there alone. All the time, right? That's just part of being a horror fan. I think if you see movies, you always have these sort of reactions. Yeah, but you've also seen some smart horror movies. Sure, but even in those, I feel like people make dumb decisions. Well, sometimes yeah everyone makes dumb decisions. i know i that's part of life you make dumb decisions. i make, I I make, make dumb, dumb decisions decision all the time i mean part of life right making mistakes and the idea of horror movie is that you don't have the wiggle room to make mistakes like that like you it's life and death you will die and i do think that you get that urgency um 70 percent of the time I feel, <laughs> I feel like this movie had so much foreshadowing in it yeah too much some of it was a little over the top (laughs) it's like every scene like everything that happens in the beginning like yes it's a setup for the next part but like you know everything literally that the kids do and the parents do it's just a setup for the future it is it comes back in another way Mm -hmm. you're just like oh and you're not that surprised that like they're gonna think their way through of it yeah because we are we the audience already knew how they're gonna figure it Mm -hmm. out you know well again so to go back to the trailers like because of the way they made the trailers that took away a lot of anticipation for me in the movie yeah i mean that's on the marketing side uh like if you go rewatch like have you seen drive I've, oh, yeah, it long, it's been the like movie? probably like eight years since I've seen Drive. So I saw I saw a rewatch Drive, and then uh, I looked up the trailer to see how it was. It's considered one of the worst trailers, and if you watch it, it literally gives you the whole movie. <laughs> it's so it's it's a bad trailer. I'll have to go like, back and movies, rewatch both. Yeah, some movies you just like. I don't know how they would cut a trailer for it. I'm not trying to defend this movie. Pretty sure there's different things that they could have kept out of the trailer for sure. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think it did enough to get you hooked. But you, you okay? Yeah, that's fine. I, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. It. It, it didn't bother this, me that this much. This movie. This movie did a great job for what it was, because normally horror movies don't make this much money. They don't get this much attention, especially like in April. Question: Do you think that any of, or do you think some of its like hype and making so much money has more to do with like John Krasinski and Emily Blunt than it has to do with like this movie? Okay, so you're asking us to separate sort of the merit of the film on its own, apart from the celebrity. Of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Uh, I'm asking if you think it made so much money because people were really excited because of the plot or because they were really excited of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. I think the answer is both, right? It's both. I I don't think anyone... I mean, there's there's not a right answer. I'm just asking y'all's opinions. (laughs) It's a trick question. You're wrong, Trent. I would have seen it anyway, probably. Say John Krasinski just directed it and he wasn't the star in the movie. I probably would have saw it anyway. So this this is a movie that, like, 
has an interesting concept to it enough for me to be like intrigued by it uh but then you know there's also that celebrityness jim from the office like i just watched the office i'm gonna watch the uh, office right after this man <laughs> yeah like a lot of people watch the office a lot of people re-watch the office people love jim they want <laughs> they want to see what he's doing afterwards and they want to see him he's, succeed he's a, yeah yeah the i saw this at alamo draft house and before the movie they were playing the episode of the office where they have like a silent contest <laughs> james <laughs> <laughs> It was like the office has been quiet for like fourteen days or something like that, <laughs> and then, and they, the, my favorite part of that episode is when like the phone's ringing and Dwight goes <laughs> to pick it up and Jim just like, <laughs> that's their job. And they're like not doing their job just to keep the streak alive. The commitment is deep. Um, I do want to come back to one thing if you guys don't mind. I I feel like I've mentioned this a lot and I've almost harped on it. Uh, the idea that the characters make questionable decisions. Um, I will say the difference between this movie and less successful horror movies, horror movies that are sort of campy or not well done, is when the characters make bad decisions, I am fearful for them in this movie. Like, I worry about this. I'm, that's not a good decision. Don't do that. I don't want you to die. You care about the characters. I feel like they do a good job making you care about at least John Krasinski's character. and, And I guess... Emily Blunt's character, who is pregnant, you sort of worry about her character also. And the kids, I don't know about the kids. Um, maybe that's a personal thing. Maybe a parent would be more like <laughs> cognizant of like, like worry about what the kids are doing. To me, they just perpetually make stupid decisions. Because they're children, I know, but still. like. But anyway, I care about the characters enough that when they make bad decisions, I get upset or I feel something, right? So I always felt something. And other horror movies where characters make stupid decisions, sometimes it's just funny. Like, you root for them to make the bad decision so you can see the killer, see the kill. But ultimately, I would say that I wanted these characters to survive. Am I alone here? See, uh, I, I guess. I mean, the way... <laughs> the way I'm alone? <laughs> you wanted them to die? You I didn't die. want them to die, but I feel like some of the exploration the movie does of, like, who's alive and who's not... I sort of like, by the end of it, I was sort of like, I would rather die. And I didn't feel optimistic yes. for anybody involved. No, yeah. I don't, <laughs> no, I, that's a that's a bad, those monsters are pretty damn, indestru- damn near indestructible. At least from what the movie makes you see. Uh, James, what about you? Did you care about these characters at all? I mean, I think that's a big part of it. Of, I think that's the big difference in a successful horror movie and a movie that is just a horror movie that no one cares about. It's interesting because like the, the the characters in the movie annoyed me at times. Uh, I remember telling you walking out of the theater, I was just like, "I'm glad that one person died," <laughs> because it was just it, it was annoying sometimes. But then, weirdly enough, I did care about the characters. Uh, to survive i wanted them to come out of certain situations maybe that's yeah. just the humanity but, in know, us like we yeah people or maybe live. is it because like no I, I'm just like, sometimes no. i root for the killer it's <laughs> i'm just being honest sometimes you make a bad decision you deserve to die like, <laughs> yeah sometimes you just want to be cynical <laughs> there's a many times i've watched a child's play movie and somebody's made a decision that does it like is gonna end <laughs> with them interacting with chucky in a negative way for that person and i root for chucky in these scenarios uh, often two weeks in a row we're talking about chucky or jason or freddie or any well freddie is really hard or you john really cena okay serious question serious question it's not really a serious question but, but, but they had a baby in the like she was pregnant yes her pregnancy is just, a major I'm, I'm i'm wondering i'm wondering like People have been talking about, like, oh, maybe they ran out of condoms and they had sex. No way. They ran out of all the condoms <laughs> in the world in one year. Here, 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 here's, my, here's my question, non-condom related. <laughs> Do you think they went to the waterfall to oh, make baby wow. number five? Well, there were soundproof places, including the waterfall. Hey, a waterfall is pretty romantic, and she can be as loud as she wants. I, I feel like doing it out in nature. Or he. 
would be otherwise they're having very quiet sex (laughs) a quiet (laughs) sex session (laughs) a quiet intimate relationship we're gonna see this oh just just wait for for the porn parodies (laughs) for this Okay, so I wrote down a few things. You're right. There's going to be a porn parody. Oh, God. Um, I wrote down a few things that I thought the movie was about. And I'm just interested to hear a couple themes I thought you – that I want to I want to hear a couple of themes you thought it touched on. So I'll go first, and then you guys can agree or disagree or whatever. So a lot of – so there were themes of independence from parents, like especially the, the, the middle-aged children definitely wanted to be like – looked at as an adult or seen as someone that can take care of themselves make their own decisions so i thought that was a lot of that and obviously there was a lot of uh you know the fear of the real world Mm -hmm. this perpetual angst regarding like what's out there well, I and, think uh, yeah, the monsters are out there. No, 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 but, I, but I, still but, doing. But homework. it's a universal theme, though. But like, I think the, uh, the fear of what's out there is is universal for a parent. I think it tries to yeah. also address like not to be afraid of what's out there. Right, that's sort of what the teenage like wanted to be yeah. and like looked at as an adult. I can handle myself. Like there's that too. Well, and also like the parents like encourage it in their ways. Yeah, I also have that done. Facing reality, like facing reality, like. Uh, learning to deal with your surroundings, like your scenario, and and like growing out of that. What did you guys get though? What themes do you think this film touched on successfully? I mean, I agree with your your themes are very like uh, family oriented and about like growing up in ways, and like I think I think that is very strong throughout the movie. James, thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you guys are boring. Uh, agree, agree. I know. I Come mean. On. I mean, like, I you're just because, like, get up, you I want to throw out. Let's go. You kidding. listed off, like, the themes of the movie that, like, are, that are there. <laughs> well, I mean, I know. I was yeah, just, like, I, I was, I was, <laughs> even the director came out and was like, this is about that. Well, I haven't read any John Chris's interviews, but sure, I believe him. Well, and, like, I mean, even, like, I... It's like Vin Diesel directed this. Family. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, it's about, like, also the visual of him doing it with his wife evokes like the feelings of family as well i'm not kidding like i think that's like a strong thing that like like they're you talking about them them doing it at a waterfall no gosh darn (laughs) it that's what i thought (laughs) hey hey. i know you're talking about you're talking about actual john kaczynski and actual emily blunt doing this film together yeah not doing it (laughs) (laughs) they're married all right Uh, they have done it they have children so okay you know, we are we can be adults here. We're not gonna be like the kids no, from Blockers laughing at all the silly jokes. Okay, we're gonna. All right. Uh, I guess final thoughts, and then we'll do ratings. I'm excited to see what John Krasinski comes out with next because I think uh, I think it's apparent that he like put a lot of work into the movie and has a lot of interesting thoughts. So I'm excited to see what he can come out with next. James. Uh, I would say. John, you have one hot movie on you. Go go try to sign another deal as quickly as possible. Uh because it's 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 like this. You can you can make one movie and like you get all this attention and then quickly fade away. Yeah. Strike by the iron types. Yeah, so like he needs to strike. And right now he's doing really well. He got number one at the box office. He showed people that he can make money for studios, like a lot of money. And I really enjoyed this movie. It was different. Uh, like he got, he even got a like writing credit for <laughs> for this movie, which uh, I think the original screenplay didn't have that much work talking in it. <laughs> well, <laughs> imagine that a quiet place. It's just like a bunch of stage directions. <laughs> Yeah, it's just stage direction. Yeah. Hey, uh, there's a guy that comes from the left corner. Like, you just storyboard it. The entire screen. How amazing is, like, that would be! Just descriptions. It's of like a, the setup. it's ellipses. You don't, you don't even it's have that to be and a good. Yeah, you don't even have to be a good like writer. You just have to like be good at just imagining the world that you put your characters yeah. in. Yeah. No, they had the. I mean, they had to write the sign language part. So that's dialogue. I mean, that's just, that's dialogue in this film. So. But even then, there's not like yeah. that much of it. True. 
Um, my final thought is, you know how I feel about this film. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was effective. It made me feel something. And I didn't... It was, I wasn't exactly scared. Um, but I, th- I thought it was good enough. Uh, as for from uh, from the scare department, and uh, were you expecting it to be like a really scary movie? No, no, no. Like on I, edge, I every like. No, because this movie really work on me. Like, really, it doesn't really <laughs> ramp up until like the second half. Yeah, then it sort of snowballs. Because <laughs> uh, it's a lot of it's build like event, up, event, for event, sure. event, event. Yeah, um, but even that being said, I didn't have a problem with the pacing or anything like that. So. Uh, yeah, it was enjoyable, and I think this is worth seeing in the theater. All right, ratings. James, you go first. Pie a lettuce wrap. Get a nice loud <laughs> crunch. <laughs> yeah, like a bag of, a bag of Doritos. Um, <laughs> what's what's the, the loudest food you can eat? Celery. Chip. Yeah, chips or celery. <laughs> celery. Yeah. Chips, chips and celery. Yeah. So everyone dies at the end. I was going to say shrimp and grits because we have like a lot of corn and a lot of fish, but I feel like going off celery, we should go for like a Bloody Mary because like you got some blood, you got some crunch, a little bit of everything in this movie. <laughs> Did you give Bloody Mary to like... I think I gave it to something else before. Uh, oh, well, no one's no one's going to go. No one's going <laughs> to... Well, we can. There's no. We can redo, right? You can reorder things off the menu. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I think for me it would be like a couple of, uh, fresh, straight out of the chicken coop eggs. Um, <laughs> Why? Because the whole movie takes place on a farm, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm wrong with that. Or like, but what, what the, what you don't it, think what you don't think these monsters already ate all the chickens? Guys, yeah. this is my this is my <laughs> breakfast, all right? And there's no monsters in this universe because I have a very loud voice and I would for sure be dead. Yeah, we've definitely learned that like Trent is the first dead at this breakfast. I don't think so. I think I would survive. I don't need to talk. <laughs> Talking's overrated. Okay. That's it for movie reviews. Um do you guys have anything you wanna add no. on to the podcast before we sign out and leave the table? For the rest of the week. Anna, no. James? Well, these losers don't have anything to say, but I will say thank you all for listening. John Cena! (laughs) (laughs) I will say thank you all for listening. Uh, This has been another episode of Movies for Breakfast, the podcast. And we will see you at the movies. Peace. Peace.